Hello and welcome to the Sleep Teacher Pod, the podcast for all the parents out there who just want sleep. I'm Christy, owner of The Sleep Teacher, and I am joined by my colleague, Beth. If you are in the trenches of sleep deprivation, we see you, we feel you, and trust us, this podcast is going to become your new BFF. We want you to know that you can still be a lovingly attached parent and get good sleep. You don't have to choose between the two. So pop Bob in the carrier, grab yourself a coffee, put those headphones in, because we have all the sleep tips coming your way. Let's get napping, Mama. Hey guys, I'm Christy from The Sleep Teacher. Hello, it's Beck here. We are excited to bring you this episode this week because it is four-month sleep progression time. This one has been highly requested and look, we get it because if you're in the realm of parenthood, you're in a parenting group, whatever, you would have heard about it and yeah, it's a big one. Lots of what to expect, how to navigate it, things to do to get you through it. So strap yourself in. This is going to be a good one. Uh, We also wanted to do a quick little shout out because we have been honestly blown away by all of your downloads and subscriptions. So thank you to everyone who has listened. I honestly never thought someone would want to listen to my voice for 25 minutes at a time. I know, right? We've seen people listening in Sweden. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So that's exciting. And Ireland in those crazy places where it's just, yeah, yeah, amazing. Hello and thank you. But another thing too was we thought because we've been getting really good feedback from our little Netflix movie recommendations, we might introduce our Midnight Mamas as a little bit of a segment each week just with a quick little recommendation for things that you guys have suggested or that we've been watching. So yeah, please feel free to send those through to us and we will suggest them because we know you're up, whether you're feeding, teething, sick baby, whatever it is. We've got you. Mm-hmm. And we all love Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Beck's been watching Jury Duty this week, which I'm yet to start, but keen to because I do like a bit of a drama, crime. And then you're like, no, Christy, it's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> it's on Prime. So uh, we are enjoying it. Big lols, big belly laughs, which is good at the end of the night. So I would definitely check that one out. Well, let's dive into all things four-month sleep regression because if you have a four-month-old, you're probably only going to get a 40-minute nap in, so (laughs) let's do it while they're napping. What is the four-month regression, Christy? (laughs) Well, so the four-month regression uh, is a funny one because it can occur slightly earlier, it can occur slightly later. And it will also depend to if your little one was premature or overdue. But usually it can sort of start to appear from around the sort of 12-week mark up until around five months. So the reason that the four-month regression occurs is, and one thing we want to stress about today too, is as much as it can be sort of deemed a bit of a regression, it is actually completely normal and it is more a developmental milestone, a progression, if you'd like, in your little one's sleep and development. So it yeah, it feels like because they're more wakeful, it is going backwards, your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you're taking a few steps back. Yeah, it is the only sort of shift in your baby's sleep cycles that we will see from that newborn sleep to more like adult sleep around that four-month point. 
Yeah. So prior to sort of that 12-week mark, your little one does have quite high levels of sleep hormones, which is called maternal melatonin. So that comes from inside the womb. And prior to that 12-week mark too, they're not producing their own sleep hormones. Insert the four-month regression. And what essentially happens is that maternal melatonin has started to wear off. Your little one's starting to now become a little bit more wakeful. And you're noticing that, you know, whereas previously you couldn't even potentially keep them awake for a feed, now you struggle to settle them. Or when you finally do settle them, they wake shortly after. Completely normal. (laughs) You aren't doing anything wrong. So what tends to happen is now you will see your little one start to be a little bit more alert. You will see those 40-minute catnaps become quite prevalent. And that is because they're now producing their own sleep hormones. So those sleep cycles, are, yeah, have started to emerge. And they're sorting their circadian rhythm out as well. That's starting to play a role, whereas prior... Which is their internal body clock. Yeah. Prior to that, it wasn't there. And that's why they can have two-hour naps as a newborn or one-hour naps or 20-minute naps. It's all very all over the place. Whereas when they progress to that shift in their sleep cycles, it kind of is just the 30-minute cat naps that you tend to see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you can also see a shift in overnight wakes. So you may have used to have seen maybe one, two wakes. Unfortunately, you could see like two hourly wakes. And again, completely normal and a sign of their like development. But there are ways to help extend those stretches at night sleep and get back to some longer stretches. And we will touch on that later in the episode. I guess, yeah, like we said, the main reason today is to just give you a bit more of understanding as to why it happens, when to expect it to occur, and yeah, and just those tools you can put in place to help get your sleep back to to what it was. Yeah, so whilst you're on that as well, it can be helpful to know newborns more have just like two sort of sleep cycles where they're either awake in uh, light sleep or they're transitioning into sort of that REM sleep as well, so rapid eye movement. So when they go to four months old or around that four-month mark, they're now more like adult sleep cycles. So they're now transitioning into four stages of sleep cycles, which is as well why it's a little bit harder for them to, you know, go back to sleep. They're going more into awake phases, light sleep, deep sleep, all that sort of sleep thing. So that plays into it as well. Yeah, their sleep cycles are starting to mirror off hours now. So yeah, as frustrating as it can be when you feel like you're getting really good stretches of sleep and then all of a sudden it's yeah, a little all over shop. Again, completely normal. Yeah. A lot of parents are like, oh, when will the four-month regression end? It's not something that, like typically with other things we see with baby sleep, like crawling and movement that might interrupt sleep, the four-month change is a permanent shift in their sleep cycles. It's Yeah. yeah, So that's the difference. And it it does freak a lot of parents out too when we say the four-month regression is like a permanent change because parents will always say to us, oh, when will it end? When will it end? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And look, and when we say permanent, like sleep will improve, like it will improve, but it's just being mindful that the permanent changes are the changes to your little one's sleep cycles. And it's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, some babies will cruise through this change. They won't notice it, you know, especially if you've had a good sleeper before the change. It might just be a couple of nights or a week that you might be like, oh, they're waking up a little bit more. And then they sort of sort it out themselves. But for a lot of babies, especially like if they're, you know, using a dummy or feeding to sleep, they're the babies that typically tend to notice it a little bit differently. Whereas, they now start waking every yeah. one to two hours. And yeah. that just comes back to the fact, like just highlighting what Beck's saying, that if they do have an association with something like a dummy or feeding, 
The reason that you will probably notice it a little bit more is because in between those sleep cycles, which are now a lot closer together, your little one will probably look for that association to go back to sleep just to resettle. So it may be a matter of you just quickly running in, popping the dummy in, or it may be a matter of you popping them on the boob or the bottle and getting them back to sleep or rocking whatever it is you do to get them to sleep. And that's usually where people find the biggest sort of shock is that it's, yeah, they're just having to do that dummy run or whatever it is a little bit more frequently now than they were before because they tend to work before that time. But now all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is a lot. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, does the dummy need to go? Do I need to stop feeding to sleep? But look, at the end of the day, again, you need to just do what works for you in these instances. And four months is usually when we do see a lot of parents go, you know what, I'm, yeah, I'm okay now to put some changes in place. Then I think that I know I can get a little bit more consolidated sleep for myself and my baby. Some are happy to continue through because some babies will only still wake once or twice a night and they'll be fine with it. But there are some that, yeah, it does sort of hit a little bit more than others. A little bit intensified. (laughs) (laughs) They just love you so much. They want to start seeing you a lot more overnight. Every two hours. (laughs) So in terms of when will it end? I guess that is the million dollar question. But essentially, if your little one is, like we just said, relying on something, Unless you really change the way that you're putting them to sleep, so to speak, they're probably still going to wake for that in between those sleep cycles until you're ready to implement a little bit of change there because they won't know any different. And that's not a bad thing. Like if you can sustain it, absolutely please do. But it's just important to be mindful of why your little one is still waking. And look, yeah, that they're not broken. (laughs) Yeah. And look, we still, we worked with lots of families who are in the position where they are happy still to feed to sleep and they may just have the one or two feeds a night. And that's completely fine because they're happy to continue doing that and they don't want to change that. But you can still sort of establish somewhat of a routine and like structured naps and bedtime and things like that if you are choosing to do those things. And I think in terms of routine with the four-month regression, like my advice would honestly be don't stress too much during that sort of three to five-month period about the catnapping as much as it is a pain in the butt and you'll get frustrated with it. You can probably sit there and butt your head up against a wall and trying to get your little one to consolidate that lunch nap, but it is super tricky. Like and even when we're working with clients, we're like, look, this is a really, really tricky age to get that lunch nap or morning nap, whatever nap it is you try to have a long nap, it can be a really tricky age to get close to that, you know, two-hour nap that we all dream about. But the good news is after around that sort of four and a half, five months, it definitely gets a lot easier, like a lot easier to get some, you know, structure to your day and also like those longer naps. Is your little one an amazing sleeper? You can pop them in the cot and they'll happily go to sleep unassisted, but there's still that one pain point you can't get on top of. Whether it be transitioning from naps, early starts, fragmented night sleep, false starts, whatever it is, our quick fix consult is perfect for you and your family. We can go through your situation, identify what is causing that one little issue and put a plan in place and restore sleep to your house. All you have to do is go to our website, book in that 30-minute consult and sleep is on its way. The main thing you're going to want to keep in mind at this age is awake windows. They are going to be your best friend. You need to try to identify your little one's age-appropriate awake window. And for this age, we're probably going to be looking at around like the two-hour mark, roughly. Every baby is different. It might be slightly more. It might be slightly less. But around that two hours is a good guide because regardless, like your little one is probably going to be having those sort of 30, 40-minute naps if they're over-under tired. But 
the ability to get them to resettle, whether it be assisted or unassisted, is going to come down to if they have gone down for that nap over or under tired. So yeah, no time like now to really start watching awake windows. Mm. And just setting up your sleep environment as best you can, that sort of white noise, the dark room, swaddle. Yeah, that can yeah, all help the, as well. The dark room definitely makes resettling a lot easier too because we're blocking out stimulation because again now they're starting to produce their own sleep hormones the dark room will help the production of that melatonin which is what we want so yeah like this is definitely the time to start if you're wanting to implement a few foundations that are going to help in the long run and it can just be I guess what we want to stress is this time can be quite confusing for some mums or families who have sort of had an easygoing newborn and they've sort of, you know, dropped off to sleep out and about, settled easily, you know, slept for longer than, you know, an hour or two hours or three hours. And then all of a sudden you get to this point and you have a completely different baby looking at you. They're unsettled, they're crying, they're not sleeping well, they start to not feed as well because they're tired and so it can leave you questioning a lot, you know, especially if you're breastfeeding, uh, is my milk supply dropping? Like, are they hungry? And then we get into that cycle of feeding them a lot more than what we maybe would have been or even more so than what they were when they were a newborn. Mm. Whereas, you know, as they get older, they can tend to go a little bit more time if they're having great feeds before they need their next one. So it's just really good to know that don't automatically assume that it's something that you're doing and that, you know, they're all of a sudden really hungry and you need to just keep feeding them because that can just exacerbate the changes that are happening and make it worse yeah. <laughs> or harder. We had a really good chat, actually, if you haven't listened to, we did an episode with Susie Prout. She's our lactation hero here at the Sleep Teacher. We love Susie. So we have done an episode with her. If you are on that breastfeeding journey, honestly, don't question it. Just go and listen and I'm sure you'll feel a little bit more reassured. You'll have a little bit more of a clear understanding. But yeah, we definitely see that feeding sort of cycle emerge a lot around this four months because I think you just naturally just want to get your child to sleep however you can. And, and what else going to settle them. Yeah. yeah. Which because is a lot of the time offering that milk feed or the bottle yeah. or the breast. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever does the trick. <laughs> and then also it's tricky because the more you sort of are feeding them, the more wind potentially they're taking in, which then leads to more unsettledness, especially That's at that nice. later end of the day if they're not being, you know, burped and all that sort of thing. So that can lead to that witching hour that we all literally all build. know and love. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so they're just things to really just take a step back if you do find you're experiencing some things with this sort of change and have a look at feeding and, you know, maybe changing up the way you settle and things like that to help them through the change to get back on sort of track of what they might have been doing before. So we all want that magical two-hour nap. We all want those long stretches of night sleep. And I promise you they will come, they will. But I think the first thing you need to sort of do when you're ready in terms of a stepping stone to getting there is removing any sort of associations that could be impacting the, that ability to connect their sleep cycles overnight or connect to those 40-minute naps of a day. And that could be something like the dummy if they're under that, you know, seven, eight months of age where they can't find a replacement themselves. It could be the boob. It could be the rocking. Whatever it is, 
If you can remove that for the initial settle, you will find that encouraging longer stretches of sleep overnight become a lot easier. And as we said before, the four and a half, five months of a day is when you'll find the lunch naps become a lot easier to consolidate. But just be mindful that we need to teach our little one to self-settle before we can expect that resettle. So we always work on nights first and we do see night sleep consolidate a lot quicker than the day naps, just purely because sleep pressure is a lot higher overnight. But again, you don't have to stop any like overnight feeds if you don't want to, but we can help reduce those down and get some longer stretches of sleeping as opposed to potentially four feeds a night, you could get down to two. Like mm. something like that. You can work within small goals. Would see age appropriately like zero to two at this age. Especially in this, yeah, four-month age bracket that we're talking yeah. about. When I say zero, that's not your common four-month-old, yeah. <laughs> but they are out there. Yeah. <laughs> Those unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> Commonly, like in this age group, it would be like usually the one to two feeds, if not maybe zero every now and again, but they usually will come to us with either like starting at around the four feeds a night and they might get down to two or they might come with two and we can get them down to one or none. But it's really going to depend on the baby. It's really going to depend on what they associate with falling to sleep too. Because if it's a dummy, it's going to be a completely different situation than removing night feeds because we can't just remove night feeds cold turkey. It's going to be a gradual approach. And the purpose actually for us to help you guys isn't to remove your night feeds. It's more so to help you get longer stretches, wake for a feed, go back to sleep with ease and get another long stretch. Yeah. That's yeah. It. And you'll find too, like when you, oh God, one or two night wakes is so much more sustainable and you just feel so much more like literally alive as opposed to having those two hour wakes. They really do knock you. But I think just being mindful that all these things are completely normal because so many parents come stressed out and feel that they're doing something wrong and you aren't doing anything wrong. It is literally as much as they say a regression. It is a progression and we need to <laughs> we need to get excited about it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, just know there are things you can do in order to get through it. But essentially it's not going to just sort of phase out on its own more often than not. And yeah, unlike the other regressions that we do see later on. Yeah. And just wait, you know, you don't have to stress yourself out if you do have good sleep happening and you're really worried about the four month change. Like I said, your baby may not even yeah. do anything. <laughs> you know, it does happen for all of the bubs, but some of them, they notice it more than others. Yeah. And we're just kind of letting you know why that might be. That's mm. all. And you can lay foundations like early on, regardless, like you definitely can. And we do that with like our newborn course, for instance. And that would be as a matter of like your little one, say you're going into the four month regression, your little one can self-settle. They can already settle. So we know that that's fine. I guess you're still going to more than likely experience those 40-minute catnaps though because they probably haven't a bit developed the ability yet to resettle. So even though you don't have to tackle the self-settle now, you'll more than likely still have to deal with the resettle. It's just that you're one step ahead with, with that. Mm. But yeah, it's all like more often than not, every parent will go through it and every parent comes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> just. just. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been through it three times. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I feel like we go through it every day when we're dealing with our clients. We yeah. are there with you. We know we live it every day. You will get through this as much as you feel like. The last thing we want to is you to be sitting there watching your watch going, okay, they are three months and 28 days and you're sitting there like a nervous wreck rocking back and forth. Trust me, you will be fine. And I think it's one of those things, if you are waiting for it, you're probably going to notice it a little bit more. I find mums get so anxious with the leaps. Oh, 
in the no. is it Wonder Weeks? Yeah, I did had that app for my first, and then literally it was like he was in a storm, like telling me he was going to be in a storm every other week, and he wasn't. He was just happy and chill, like, and that's just his temperament. You're always going to get those different ones, but I just think sometimes we have too much information, and we're waiting and being like, oh my god, in two weeks' time they're going to be in a six week storm. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think it can just add so much more anxiety than it needs to be. And sometimes babies just have an off day and that's just because they do. And we kind of always want to look for a reason why. Yeah. So I just think, yes, the full month regression is a thing, but like Christy said, you get through it and it's okay. Yeah. So with awake windows, again, like while we're stressing the importance of paying attention to these, your baby has obviously just gone through a developmental milestone, which means they're probably developing age-wise as well. So that can bring the need to start to extend awake windows. So if you are noticing those catnaps, whilst yes, they are going to be normal with the changes going on to their sleep cycle, around this age two, that is common to go from around roughly like 90 minutes, maybe just in between that sort of hour and a half to two hours. So have a play around with that, but just be mindful that, yep, it's a developmental milestone. That means your baby's developing. They probably need now a little bit more awake time to help encourage those longer naps as well. And in ter- like again, with the swaddling that we were talking about before, between that sort of four to six months age as well, not only have they started to lose their startle reflex, their moro reflex, but they're probably starting to show signs of rolling as well. So there's that starting to play like that developmental skill, which will impact sleep. So just really paying attention to those things. Is it time to now go to an arms up swaddle? Is it time to come out of the swaddle? There's those sort of things to look at too. And the bassinet. Mm, babies there's so many different bassinets now but babies because they're getting a little bit more heavier they've got a little bit more weight behind them some bassinets they can start to move and create a little bit of movement in the bassinet they're starting to touch the ends so that will impact the sides I think and Mm. just not feeling restricted if they are out of that swaddle which yeah they might, but even if they're rolling on their side you know and they're getting up against the side of the bassinet so it can be good to think about yeah, is it time to transition to the cot? Yeah, and more often than not, we will see so many babies go from a bassinet to a cot and just sleep so much better. Mm. They like like to move around and get comfy. Yeah, Mm. and the mattresses are usually a little bit firmer as well, which just sort of creates that little sense of security, I think, too. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, from a safety point of view, once they're starting to look like they're going to roll, which can happen anywhere from that four months mark, you know, it's usually a good sign to start moving out of the bassinet into the cot. And unswaddling. Definitely unswaddling. Um, Which is another episode in itself. (laughs) (laughs) A whole other episode. We do have tips on that one though in our four to 12 month sleep guide too. And our four to 12 month sleep guide honestly is such a great, like I was going to say starting point, but honestly, more often than not, you won't need anything else than that because our support group that comes, like you get access to our support group with it. And at this age, it's just about putting those foundations in place and it has all the tools for the foundations. So we will link that in our show notes for you as well. But yeah, we hope that you've found this information helpful. We know that it's, yeah, you can have a good thing going on prior to four months and you can be really like anxious leading into that four month mark. But just knowing that all of these things are normal, I think sometimes helps take the pressure off as well, just in terms of that, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. Your baby's not broken and you will sleep again. Well, thank you for joining us today, guys. It is probably more than likely time for you to go and pop Bub down or wake them up from their nap. So we will let you go and we will be back with you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Sleep Teacher Pod. We hope you've walked away feeling just that little bit more at ease with your parenting journey. Please remember, nothing is a problem until it actually becomes a problem for you and your family. If you've enjoyed our company today, we would love if you could please subscribe or leave a review or maybe even both. But if you are wanting more sleep tips right away, use the link in the show notes to find out how you can get started with one of our amazing sleep consultants and follow us over on Instagram at The Sleep Teacher. We can't wait to be back in your ears next week with more sleep tips. Nighty night.